this morning to Isaiah, the first chapter, Isaiah 1. Let's pray and release faith. We've been on a series called Willing and Obedient. And everybody's been excited about it. Is that right? About becoming completely willing and fully obedient and with good cause. Father, in Jesus' name, we all agree together is touching this. Everybody here, everybody in Branson, everybody watching online, we join together and ask you for utterance, for anointing, for the anointing on us that teaches each one of us, eyes open that can see and ears and heart and mind open that can perceive and understand and receive. We ask you for answers. We ask you for solutions. We ask you for direction. We ask you for additional supply of the Spirit and help in Jesus' name. And we believe we receive it and we say by your help we won't just be hearers only, forgetful hearers, but doers. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody say, I'm a doer, not just a hearer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Have any of your little ones ever told you that they are a doer? Let me see. The little ones learned that. I adore. I adore. In Isaiah 1, verse 2, the Lord said, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows his owner, the ass his master's crib, but Israel does not know, my people does not consider, or others say they don't understand. Skip down to verse 19. Verse 19, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you'll be devoured with a sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Now, passages like this, and there are numerous passages like this that begin with an if. These passages reveal that God is not controlling everything and everybody. There are many church-going people that are absolutely adamant God is in control. And what they mean is of everything. And that everything and anything that happens is somehow the will of God. And and that everything that happens was, whether you understood it or not, it was the plan of God. That just is not true. It's not in line with the Bible. And people will fight you over it. Oh, people get get flaming hot over this. (laughs) But... That's what Jesus was talking about when he said, your traditions have made the word of God of no effect. The doctrines of men have replaced the word of God. And people who don't know the word or don't know it very well, don't know the difference. They hear things preached and taught and things that are believed and passed down generation to generation. And they think it's Bible. They think it's God because they heard it in church. Or somebody said it while they were holding a Bible. 
<laughs> How many know that just because you said something while you were holding a Bible doesn't mean that what you said was in the Bible? It's not true. Read, read this verse again, verse 19. Uh, if, somebody say if. if. See, if God's completely in control, there is no if. If God's completely controlling everything, there can be no if. It's just going to be what God wanted and what God determined. That's going to happen no matter what you do or don't do. But no, it's not true. He left some things up to us. Which is why the earth is in the mess it's in. Not God's plan. All the destruction, all of the pain, all of the cruelty, all of the destruction, all of the curse that is in the earth is because of disobedience. It began... With Adam and Eve. Disobeying God. If nobody had ever disobeyed God. We'd be living forever. In the garden of Eden. Wouldn't even be any briars or thorns. It'd never be too hot. Never be too cold. There'd be no earthquakes. No tornadoes. No hurricanes. No poverty. No hunger. No lack. But don't despair. Because have you read the back of the book? God's going to fix it all. Is that right? He's going to fix it all. There's going to be new heavens and new earth wherein is no curse. No curse means you can run through the jungle barefoot and never cut yourself. And if you see a lion, no need to be scared. Grab him around the neck and wrestle with him. Am I exaggerating? No. Or did the Bible say the lion is going to lie down with the lamb and the lion's going to eat uh, straw like an ox? Uh, carnivores are going to become vegetarians in the wild. <laughs> Which means animals ripping each other apart was never God's original plan. That's because of the curse that's in the earth. Violence. Is contrary to the plan and will of God. It's why God became so uh, displeased and even angry in Noah's time. So the whole earth was filled with violence. That's why the flood came. And we have a lot of violence on the earth today. And it's all displeasing to God. But soon and very soon. I said soon and very soon. We're going to see the king. Somebody had a good song with that, didn't they? (laughs) Say it out loud. If you're willing willing and obedient, obedient. you shall shall eat the good of the land. land. Other translations said the good things of the land will be yours. The good things will be yours. Uh, Others say, if you'll only obey, I'll make you rich. Another one said, the best of the land will be yours. If you're not enjoying the best of the land, the place to check up is in our own willingness and our own obedience. Um, 
what the enemy tries to do, there's a, there's a play on the words here. If you'll be willing and obedient, you'll consume the best the land has. If you uh, refuse and rebel, you'll be consumed. And you remember First Peter 5 talks about you have an adversary of the devil. He goes around seeking whom he what? May devour. Well, that's the same word for uh, swallow up or consume. And there's no doubt the enemy is, is consuming, swallowing, destroying uh, lives. But it says, seeking whom he may. So what determines whom he may consume and whom he may not? What determines that? Well, if you back up just to earlier in that same fifth chapter of Peter, you'll see that he talked about two or three verses earlier, he's talking about submission. Submission. And in James, he says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Amen. Doesn't start with resist the devil. It starts with submit yourself to God. Why? Because if you're rebelling against God, you're not in a position to resist the enemy and him flee from you. You're in a position where you can be consumed. What the enemy seeks to do is get the same judgment on us that happened to him. First Timothy talks about that. If he can get you and I to be proud and stubborn, rebellious, disobedient like he is, then we get judged like he did. He gets access to us to consume us, destroy us. Who can he devour? Who uh, may he devour? The rebellious. The disobedient. Can you see that? Um, turn with me, please. Everybody okay? Everybody happy? Turn with me to, um, let's see. Go to Hebrews, please. Uh, let's do it this way. Romans. 16, and then we'll go to Hebrews. Romans 16, they'll, no, let's do it this way. You go to Hebrews, and they'll just put up Romans 16 for you. We'll do it a little quicker. You go to Hebrews 11, put up please Romans 16, 26 on the screen. You're believing with me, right? I get to studying and praying, seeking the Lord, and my notes multiply. And so you can't, you can't give it all in one time, so you have to pick and choose. And the Lord helps us, right? You, you believe with me that the Lord helps us. Um, he said, uh, now it's made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. Did you hear that phrase? The obedience of faith. Faith in God obeys God. If you believe God, you obey. If you won't obey, it's indication you don't believe or you don't trust. Now, there are um, two big reasons that I'm aware of why human beings don't submit, don't yield, don't obey. The first one is pride. Pride. You can't tell me what to do. Nobody 
makes me do anything. Pride. Also known as stupidity. (laughs) Some people say, well, isn't some pride good? There is no such thing as a good pride. Pride is the nature of the devil. It's good to be thankful, to be appreciative, but not to be proud. If that sounds strange to you, don't take my word for it. Put your nose in the book. Find the scriptures that says pride is okay, and we'll we can talk about it. No, no, pride is is why the enemy was insubordinate and rebelled against God and led a third of the angels in this same rebellion. Pride. But a second reason is fear. People don't submit and don't obey because of fear, lack of trust. You see this, we talked about this earlier, the children of Israel that were delivered out of Egyptian bondage. uh, When they got to the promised land and the spies went in, they saw the land that flowed with milk and honey, but they also saw the walls and the giants. They said, we can't do it. We can't go in. And Caleb and Joshua, they stood up and said, don't rebel against the Lord. Don't fear the people. Don't fear these giants. Don't fear. Do you hear these two words together? Don't rebel. Don't be afraid. They go together. People rebel because they're afraid. (laughs) They rebel because they're proud. But they also rebel because they're afraid. And this, is, this connection is not always made with folks. And it, again, it has to do with how much humility you have. If you have some humility, you will admit you're afraid Amen. and deal with it. But if you're too proud, you won't admit it. And so instead of admitting, I'm afraid to go, go into the promised land, you'll go, well, we can't do it. It's too hard. There's no way. We're just going to kill ourselves. No, we're not going to do it. You can't make us do it. And what's the problem? Scared. Just scared. But there's a way to overcome fear. It's called faith. How many know you can overcome fear? God didn't give us the spirit of fear. But of power and of love and a sound mind. Now, everybody has experienced fear. Everybody. The world is full of it. And the enemy continually tries to get you in fear. Because there's a spiritual principle that what you fear can come on you. Fear draws like a magnet the thing you are afraid of to you. So it's dangerous. But you can, you can, you can get fear out of you. Even though it's there. You can overcome it. God's word can come into you and put faith into you. And that faith will displace the fear. It'll push it out. Amen. Have anybody ever had a, a, a glass or a cup or something that you drank some, some coffee or some milk out of and you put it in the sink and you turn the faucet on? You, you didn't rinse it out first. You had a little bit in there. You just put it in there, but you just turn the water on. And you go do something else, turn around, you let it run. 
What happens? At first, you got a mixture of milk and water. Right? Then as the water keeps coming in, what do you have? Less milk, more water. Less milk, more water. More water, more water, less milk. Tiny bit of milk, no milk. All water. That's called the law of displacement. And it's exactly how the word works in your heart and mind. It can come into you and you can have all kind of fear in you. Worry, anxiety, confusion, depression. But the more faith comes into you, it pushes it out. Perfect love casts out fear. Hallelujah. And faith works by this love. Perfect means complete, fully developed. Or full. The more full of water it gets, the less of the other stuff's in there. And so that's why we uh, come to church. That's why I wave my hands and, and, and quote scriptures at you. And that's why you read your chapter every day. Is that right? Monday through Friday. And Do you? If you hadn't been doing it, now please, if you fell off the wagon for whatever reason, get back on. Uh, we're reading Psalms right now. Easy to read. Short and wonderful. Aren't they wonderful? Please. I don't ask you to do a bunch of things. But if you think this is your church, I'm asking you as your pastor, read your chapter. Do it, please. For your sake. Uh, so the, the challenge to go from disobedient to obedient is to overcome the pride and overcome the fear. And both of those are accomplished by the Word of God and the Spirit of God and a choice in your heart to do it. Can you say amen? amen. Again, he said, uh, Numbers 13, don't turn there. He said, don't rebel against the Lord and don't fear the people of the land. Say it out loud. Don't rebel. Don't, rebel. don't, fear. don't fear. You remember uh, Saul when he got in so much trouble with the Lord and uh, Samuel told him from the Lord's instruction to go fight these people and certain things to do. And he didn't do it. And when he came, he said, why didn't you obey the voice of the Lord? And he argued with him, said he did. And finally, uh, the, he said, well, we save these things to sacrifice. First Samuel 15, he said, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you've rejected the word of the Lord, he's rejected you from being king. And Saul said to Samuel, I've sinned, I transgressed the commandment of the Lord in your words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Why did he not obey God? Here's fear of man. Fear of man. There's a whole passage in Jeremiah. I don't know if you've read Jeremiah, but uh, where that he was, you know, uh, he was not popular. And uh, he when he prophesied, they didn't like what he prophesied. And at one point, they put him in a, in a dry well down there to die. But somebody brought him some food. And the king secretly had him taken out and brought to talk to him. And he said, uh, what, is the word, what, what does the Lord say? Because they were besieged by the enemy. And, and he said, uh, give yourself up. You need to give yourself up. If you do, you'll be spared, the city will be spared. If you don't, you're going to be destroyed, your family, and the city's going to be burned. And he said, 
I'm afraid of the people. And if you look at the whole thing, he did not obey the word of the Lord because he was afraid. And exactly what Jeremiah said happened to him. I mean, his family was killed. The place was destroyed. He was a, a slave, he was blinded and made a slave. All of that he could have been spared if he had overcome his fear and obeyed God. Are you in Hebrews 11? Hmm? Had plenty of time to get there. Hebrews 11, verse 8. Verse 8 says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive as an inheritance, what did he do? What did he do? He obeyed and went out, not knowing where he went. Did he have to overcome some fear? Yeah. Don't you have, aren't you going to be faced with some at least some concern, which is mild fear, <laughs> about what's going to happen to me and my family. We're leaving everything we know, going into a place where we don't, we don't own anything, we don't know anybody. And in, in those days, I mean, it can happen places today, but in those days, it was super dangerous just to travel without an armed escort. Especially if you had a a uh, train of camels and donkeys and, and stuff, and people saw you had stuff, they'd just come take it and kill you. So you're going to leave every, you got an established life. You're wealthy. You got company, we might say, companies and employees, and you got staff and you got family, and you're leaving, you're just going to pull all that up, you're going to leave all that and go where? And do what? You don't know. But that pleases God. Oh, somebody say, that pleases God. Not just you doing something foolish off the top of your head. I'm not saying that. You doing what he told you to do when you don't know how any of it can work out. But in order to walk by faith, can you see you're going to have to overcome fear. And if you don't, rebellion can be another way to respond. Go do it. And folks will go, I, I can't. What will we do? What about the kids? What about my job? What about this? And people get rebellious. Are you listening? Yes. See, folks haven't made the connection. They thought, well, bless their hearts. They're just concerned. No, they're rebellious. They are refusing. To do what the Lord told them to do because of fear. In order to walk by faith, you have to overcome fear. It'll be there. You'll feel it. <laughs> It'll stare you in the eye. But if you're going to have a miracle, if you're going to have a miracle, if you're going to come into the good things God has planned for you, you got to leave home. <laughs> you got to take up the anchor. Is that right? Set the sail. Commit yourself. Not be afraid of the walls. Not be afraid of the giants. And the great unknown. <laughs> That's what the enemy tries to mess with you about. <laughs> Phyllis and I have experienced this. Several times already in our life, 
we, uh, one of the first big ones was leaving our, our little home in Mississippi and going out to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, which was like going to the other side of the world for us. Little country folks, never been away from home. And we, we looked like the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> I had a little 69 Chevy pickup. We had it loaded up with everything we had. And she had a Vega, Chevy Vega, which is almost a car. <laughs> they had problems with those. <laughs> and uh, we... We, we tried to find a place to live and couldn't find a place, but we figured, hey, it's a, it's a, it's a large city to us. It was a big city. Of course, Tulsa, you know, is, it's not that big, but to us it was. And um, we thought, sure, we, I know we can find something in a city like that. And so we left with barely any money, no contacts. Uh, Phyllis, now, I, don't, I say that Phyllis had, had a job, had gotten a job, supernaturally. That's another story. But Hadn't, hadn't even met them. Hadn't even seen them. It's just over the phone. And uh, we got there and couldn't find a place to live. And we're spending what little money we had for tuition, or for registration, on getting a room every night. And uh, Phyllis cried, and I felt like crying. And, <laughs> and it, looks, it looks like you have messed up. You're out here, don't know anybody, you know, a week from running out of every dime you got, and, and, and that's your registration money. And uh, by the grace of God, though, we didn't give up, we didn't go back home, and within the next few days, we got a little place. It wasn't a nice place, but it was a place with a bunch of junky used furniture in the rough part of town. But we were so glad to get it. So glad to get it. <clears throat> and one thing led to another where we didn't have our registration money. Because we had spent it getting there and, and getting a place to stay. But just in the nick of time. I mean just that same week. Here enough came in to, to finish up our registration. One thing led to another. Led to another. And 20 years later, a ministry had developed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So many good things had happened. But can you see how easily it would have been to let fear get the best of you? How can I go out there? I don't know anybody. What are we going to do for money? What about this? What about that? And if you just take off and the Lord didn't tell you, then it is going to be tough. You're going to fall on your face. But if the Lord told you to do it, come on, are you with me? If he directed you. He's not going to show you all the stuff. Well, after 20 years, we had developed some contacts, some rapport. We had a full schedule traveling, plus the other things that we were doing. And the Lord directs us again. Leave everything. Go to Branson. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, uh, I remember one morning I was, I was shaving, getting ready to do something, and and I'm, I'm thinking, are, are we really going to do this? It took us 20 years to build this here. We're just going to walk away. We're going to sell everything we got. We don't know anybody up there. We don't have anything up there. Are we going to do this? 
I had just, we had just gotten into aviation. We'd, you know, traveled the airlines for 20 years and found out there was a better way. And uh, gotten a little airplane and gotten a little hangar and got it paid for. And we could travel around the country at our own schedule and we're just pretty happy about this. And the Lord, I, I, the Lord was dealing with me, you need to sell that hangar, sell this. Yeah, we just got it. Sell this. If we just got the house we'd been leaving for for 10 plus years. And Phyllis wanted to redo her kitchen. And uh, somebody walked up and handed her an envelope with $10,000 to do that. Glory to God. So she had just put in all stainless steel appliances. Man, it was a happening kitchen. We had had it about what? Three or four months? She says, not that long. And we're going to leave? Thank God for a good wife. Because she could have made it hard on us. I could make it hard on her. She could make, you understand what I'm talking about? Pitch a fit. I just got this. I'm not going starting over. I'm not leaving what we've built up. Either one of us could have done that. Made it hard on the other. Or both of us missed God. And that morning while I'm standing there shaving, I'm thinking, we're really going to do this? We're going to leave the, our dream house that we believed God 10 years? I mean, God did a miracle for us on that house. How we got it. The price we got it for. You know, we, we couldn't have got it, but he did it. And she just got the kitchen like she likes it. We just got some things finally. And you're just going to walk away. And I just got my hanger. You're just going to go. And the airport, they had at Branson. Little bitty tiny strip, 3,500 feet with a cliff on both sides. <laughs> and giant boulders. And no, you couldn't have a hanger, little bitty tiny community hanger with no room. And just didn't look good. And I'm standing there shaving thinking, are we really going to do this? And the Lord quickened. He said, Keith, do you believe I'm able to give you better than this? I stopped. I laid my razor down. I said, yes, sir. And I'm sorry. I'm done with struggling about it. Yes, sir. I do believe it. Here we go. Again. So... We liquidated. We sold stuff. We put everything we had into starting that church. And we lived in a little rent house that the water didn't work very well in and had problems. And uh, for, I don't know, a couple of years or whatever, but one thing led to another, led to another. They built us a new airport there with private money. This is unheard of. And uh, with a Good instrument approaches and all those kind of things. And and one thing led to another. And the Lord gave us a house on the lake. And he said to me, he said about two weeks after we got there with nothing, he said, I'm going to give you the best of Branson. And he has. We got 70 plus acres on the strip in the middle of town. What if we hadn't left? What if we had clung to the little, little stuff we had? Did the, the, the Lord said, I'm, I'm going to give you better. Do you believe I can give you better? Well, years after that, begin to think about Sarasota. 
Didn't know anybody, you know, what to do, where, how. Can you see what I'm talking about? No money to do it. Started from scratch. But how do you see miracles? How do miracles happen in your life? By faith. But in order to walk by faith, you have to overcome fear. Everybody does. Because it'll face you. You have to overcome fear. The Lord quickened to me last night that obedience is connected to overflow. Hallelujah. Somebody say obedience. Obedience. And overflow. Come on, say it again. Obedience. And overflow. One more time. Obedience. And overflow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go with me to Luke, fifth chapter. We'll talk some more about this. You got time? Actually, <clears throat> you go to John, I'll go to Genesis, and we'll make our way eventually to Luke. <clears throat> you go to John 2, please. Put up on the screen for us Genesis 22. And 15. When God told Abram, Abraham to offer up his only son Isaac, do you reckon he had to overcome some fear? <laughs> Walking up the side of that mountain, just him and that boy. You know, are you really going to do this? And, uh, When it came down to it, he was committed. And the reason why, Hebrews tells us, he was convinced that if this boy dies here today, God has to raise him from the dead. Because he had told him, in Isaac, your seed will be called. He was convinced of it. So in essence, he's willing to give his only begotten son... And he's believing for resurrection. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) And see, man doing that for God gave God in covenant a right to do it for man. Well, when he lifted up his hand to, to slay the boy, the scripture said the angel of the Lord called Abraham the second time after he told him no, uh, Don't touch him. He said, by myself have I sworn, says the Lord, for because you've done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, that in blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, as the sand which is upon the seashore. Your seed will possess the gate of his enemies. And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Tell me why. Why? 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 Because you have obeyed my voice. Faith is just talk until it's acted on. I believe you, I believe you, I trust you, I trust you. It's just talk until God tells you something, okay, do this. And if you don't do it, you don't don't trust him. 
Whatever stopped you. Fear stopped you. How many remember the rich young ruler? Ran to Jesus. Good master, what can I do to inherit eternal life? He mentioned the commandments. He said, all these I've kept up from my youth. What lack I yet? He knew he lacked something. He said, do this. Go. Liquidate. Sell what you have. Give to the poor. Come follow me. You'll have treasure in heaven. He's not asking him to take a vow of poverty. He knew by the Spirit of God, his faith is in his stuff. That's his security. That's his identity. There's only one way to get free from that. And what happened to the young man? He went away sad. Refused an invitation to be part of Jesus' inner circle. Why? Pride and fear. He let it rob him. He didn't trust the Lord enough to obey him. If you trust him, what, how would you think? Really? Liquidate? Everything? Leave home. Follow you. Fear will come against you. Won't it? It will just come all over you. How, you're not going to do that. How will you do that? What about this? You'll be broke. You'll be this. You'll be that. You'll be homeless. What about this? But what will faith do? What will trust do? God wouldn't tell me to do something that would destroy me. God wouldn't tell me to do something that would hurt me. That would steal from me and rob from me. He's, if he told me to do this, there's something good on the other side of it. Is that right? If he told me to do this, I, I need to get excited right now. Because if I'm going to sow this kind of seed, there's got to be some kind of harvest on the other side. Right? Of this. And so you overcome your fear and you do it. Also, you overcome your pride. When Phyllis and I made the decision uh, to, that it was the Lord and to follow him to start that church in Branson, man, it was a big step for us. It was just she and I alone in town when we made the deal to buy the property with no money. And, and one person asked her, you know, the place seated, what, 2,500 or, or something? And, and the person asked Phyllis, so how big is your congregation? And we said, well, right now, nobody. <coughs> they thought we were wasting their time. You going to buy this 3,000-seat place and 10 acres and all this kind of stuff with no congregation? And uh, <coughs> we tried to work out some kind of lease purchase deal, some way to get in and get started and get going and, and, and no, no, no. They just wanted cash. And uh, we went back to the room in seeming defeat, looking at each other like we've gone as far as we can go. We don't know what else to do. But cast our care over on the Lord, went to bed, slept good. Seven in the morning, the phone's ringing. The owners want to have breakfast with us. God talked to one of them half the night, I guess. How about that? Told the other ones, told the other partners, said, we don't know what these people do, but something's going on here, and we need to help them. So for breakfast, they say, what if we make agreement for this price, good price, 
All you have to do is come up with this. Not too much. We didn't have it yet, but not too much. In X amount of months, at the end of, what was it, 12 months, you purchase it. And if you'll do it at that time, we will sow back to you, was it a hundred and something thousand dollars? Just a deal. We said, yes. Yes, we'll do that. But when we left, how are you going to do it? We went back to the place. We looked at it. It was dirty. It wasn't a church. It needs all kind of stuff. What are we going to do? But just taking step by step. And then the Lord put it on people's heart. Supernaturally, another church helped us. Sent hundreds of people to help clean and work and paint. And it's just supernatural. And we opened within a few weeks. And had hundreds of people show up at the first service. With only a half page announcement in the local paper. That somebody else paid for. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. But if we had not overcome our fear. And what I was saying is during the middle of that. There were some people were concerned about us. And and let us know. And said look you know you're not a pastor. I was having to overcome that myself. (laughs) Because I had been in another ministry flow. And people that say, well, you can't be that and that. And finally, one day, the Lord told me in prayer. He said, I was. He's all of it. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He said, quit trying to figure it out, Keith. Just do it. I said, yes, sir. But I finally, I got a, a couple of nights I spent with a calculator trying to figure out if I do this and if I do this. And, and, and it just didn't work. It just didn't work. I finally put the calculator in the drawer. And somebody had to ask me again about it. And I just, I just blurted it out. I said, well, I'm a man. I can miss it. If I do, I'll, I'll repent and admit that I did. But I'd rather fall flat on my face trying to obey God than to be too scared. Come on, are you with me? Too scared and unwilling to step out and obey Him. See, so I had to overcome pride. What if it don't go? What if you fall flat? What about your reputation? Well, forget about your (laughs) reputation. Can you see what I'm talking about? I had to overcome. Phyllis had to overcome. We had to overcome pride. What will people say? What will people think? What if nobody comes? What if people laugh at you? Wouldn't be the first time. (laughs) Huh? How many understand you should not let that Direct your life. You should be more concerned about what God knows. What he thinks of what you're doing. Right? Hallelujah. Where are we? You're going to be multiplied. You're going to be blessed. In your seed all the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. God told Abraham. Can you see a connection between obedience and blessing and overflow? Are you in Luke? You're in John? That's where I want you. John 2. At the wedding feast of Canaan. They they ran out. They ran short. Jesus' mother told them, they're out of wine. He said, what's that to us? And his mother said to the servants, John 2, 5. His mother said to the servants, what? 
whatever, whatsoever, he says to you, what? Do it. Do it. Why would you do that? Because you trust him. There were set six water pots of stone uh, after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins or pieces. These are big uh, stone water pots. And, and Jesus said, fill the water pots with water. That's the instruction. Now, your mind will immediately say, anybody know? Why? Your mind will immediately say, why? We're not low on water. Right? We don't need water. And here's what faith's all about. Do you trust him enough to just do what he told you to do without understanding it? Can you overcome the pride? Well, if I come trotting in here with some water, when they ask for wine, I'm going to look like a dummy. They're going to laugh at me. Might get fired. Or whatever. He had to overcome it. What did, what did his mother say to him? Whatever he says to you. They filled the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. You know when you do what the Lord tells you. Do it right. Do it, do it right up to the notch. <clears throat> Fill them to the brim. And, and Jesus said draw out now and bear to the governor of the feast. And they did it. And you know the story. A miracle happened. A miracle of provision. And they went from out, run out to more than enough. Plenty. Why? Because they obeyed the Lord. Overcame pride. Overcame fear. Overcame confusion and ignorance. And did it. And a miracle happened. Anybody remember Naaman the Syrian? The leper. How did he get his miracle? He went to the prophet. Prophet didn't even come meet him. Sent his servant out and said, Go dip in the river Jordan seven times. You'll come clean. Made him mad. Right? He said, What? I got better rivers than this at home. I didn't have to drive all the way down here for this. And he said, surely I thought the prophet had come out and strike his hand over the place and pray. He thought, surely, does he know who I am? The man was going, I I thought, surely he's going to come out. He's going to pray for me. He's going to lay hands on me. But no, wouldn't even come out of the house after I came all this way. There was a reason why. This man's full of pride. He doesn't realize how big God is and how little he is. He doesn't respect the man of God. Come on, can you see this? If he had it, he wouldn't have got mad. I said if he had it, he wouldn't have got mad. Can you see this? (laughs) Oh, but finally, thank God for good staff. And they peeled out of the driveway, left rubber, and they're going down the road. He's mad. And and one of his staff said, uh, you know, sir, general, We came with all this money, all this stuff. We were prepared to go all out, do whatever we needed to do. Why not just try it? Do what he said. Why not just do it? And after a while, you know, generals like to come up with things on their own. So he said, you know, we've traveled all this way. (laughs) Why not just go by the river and do it? And when he did, he came clean. And healed. Did he almost miss God? How did he get his miracle? He had to overcome his pride. He had to overcome his fear of somebody thinking less of him because he's out there dipping in the river for who knows why. 
Now to Luke 5. We made it to Luke 5. Somebody say obedience. Obedience. And overflow. overflow. Obedience. Obedience. And overflow. Why don't more people obey God? Why? Why don't more people obey? Why don't more people submit? Pride? I know best. I can run my life for myself. Nobody telling me what to do. Like we say, a.k.a. stupidity. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) Because if any man thinks he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. We've been alive about that long, know about that much. It's only a fool that doesn't listen to God. Pride. But what's the other reason? Fear. Fear. The Lord tell you to do something, and the enemy will come right there immediately and try to scare you about it, and try to talk you out of it, and show you all the ways why it can't work, and why it won't work. And if you listen to it, and it's sad, but many, many, many Christians have let the enemy talk them out of obeying God and missed their miracle. Because that's when the power is manifested, is when you actually act on the Word of God. Not just talk about it, but do it. That's when the power is released. Then, not before. Well, in this case, in Luke 5, Jesus has borrowed Peter's boat to preach out of. You remember it? And when he's done, he tells them... um, In in Luke chapter 5 and verse 4, when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And so uh, Peter took right off. Huh? What's happening here? The Lord has said something. Every time the Lord says something for you to do, there's miracle on the other end of it. Every time. Every time. Well, the enemy knows this. So what's he going to do? He's going to come immediately and try to get you to not do it. And the two big tools he has is pride, your pride, and fear. And the more pride you got, the more he's got to work with. The more fear you got, the more he's got to work with to keep you out. So Simon answers him and says, Master, I'm going to paraphrase, paraphrase, that doesn't, that really doesn't make sense. There's really no need to do that. You see, you're just a preacher. We are professionals. (laughs) And they were. And we have, you know, we we fish at night. And uh, we've toiled all night. And they're just not uh, biting right now. You know, the water's too hot. It's too this. It's too turbulent. Too much this or that. And besides that, I mean, if we, could, if we couldn't catch them at night, you ain't going to catch them in the day. Hmm? We've toiled all night and not taken a thing. This is, why is this here? This is what Peter had to overcome for the rest of this passage to happen. Read the next word. 
Nevertheless, what does that mean? I'm going to do it anyway. Is anybody away? I'm going to do it anyway. Huh? When the Lord gives you an instruction, it may not make sense to your mind. It may not look like it'll do any good. Go dip in the river. What's that got to do with the healing of a terminal incurable disease? It can be as simple as go to that meeting. Hmm? Get up and go to church when you don't feel like it. Right? <coughs> Read that passage. Go over there and get quiet and pray for an hour. Hmm? <coughs> Call so-and-so and talk to them. It can be as simple as just a, a very simple thing. But when the Lord's in it, that's one way you can tell it was the Lord because immediately all of these thoughts and feelings come why you should not do it, why you can't do it, why you must not do it. It's the enemy. Come on, can you see this? It's the enemy coming immediately. And you'll feel it. The oppression and the resistance and all the reasoning, all the logic. Don't, you're crazy. Don't do it. People will laugh at you. They'll make fun of you. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Oh, you'll fall on your face. Don't do it. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Why the big deal over this? It's because there's a miracle on the end of this. <laughs> there's a miracle on the end of this. Yeah, but it don't make sense. Yeah, but Well, just because in your unenlightened state it doesn't make sense. Because of how little you know it doesn't make sense. Because how little you know about the situation or about the future. It doesn't make sense. But to God, who sees the end from the beginning, it makes perfect sense. Master, we toiled all night. Didn't catch a thing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. I'll do it. I'll get out my equipment that we've already got clean and put up for the day. See, they're supposed to be at home sleeping right now, getting ready to go back out at night. I'll do it. I'll get all the stuff out. We'll get it dirty again. Why? Why? Because you said so. Here we go. Verse 6. When they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. See, when we put an S on everything? Fishies. Not fish. Fishies. And their net broke. Somebody say, too many fishies. <laughs> Verse 7. And they beckoned to their partners, which were in the other ship. Did you know other people can be immensely blessed uh, that weren't even paying attention because you obeyed God? Because you obeyed God, it can affect other people around you. Which were in other ships. That they should come help them. They waved to the shore. They yelled. Hey, hey, hey. Get your boat out. Get your nets. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And they came. And they filled both the ships. So that they began to sink. I'm going to say too many fishies. Too many fishies. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Can you see it? What is this? Obedience and overflow. Obedience. And overflow. Is it for you? It's for you. It's for them. It's for you. It's for me. You just have to overcome that pride. Have to overcome that fear. Oh, Phyllis and I are just, we, we're, we're praising God as we pulled in here today. And we pulled into Branson last week. What a good church. So many good people. 
Talking about you, you should have said amen right there. So many good people. So many people working for the Lord and doing service unto Him and, and sending this word out to a people and, and no charge and so many good things going on and we would have missed all of it if we'd have been too proud or too afraid to step out. That's not just true concerning Phyllis and I. All these churches or ministry is true concerning every human being on the planet. How many believe God really does have great things for you? He has much more than you have seen or known. And one reason sometimes he hasn't talked to people because he knows about that. He knows they wouldn't hear him anyway. They wouldn't even begin to believe it. So he can't talk to you about it. But when your faith comes up, he can bring it up to you. (laughs) And he can tell you. And when he does, I wish I could tell you it's just going to be easy and fall on you. But when he does, the enemy is going to come and he's going to send his imps. And they're going to say, oh, you can't do that. No, 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 no. No, 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 you can't do that. Oh, you'll fall on your face. They'll laugh at you like a hyena. They'll point their finger. They'll mock you. They'll go, what a dummy. Oh, big, big dummy. (laughs) If that's the worst thing that ever happened to you. If somebody said big dummy. Come on, are y'all with me? How many agree with me? I would rather step out and fall flat on my face trying to honor God, trying to trust God, trying to believe God than to be too scared and not trust Him enough to even leave the house. Come on, do you feel that way? And every time we've done it, we were not disappointed. We were not let down. Nobody ever really trusted in Him and was made ashamed. Every time we have stepped out by faith, oh, how he has shown himself. Oh, how mighty he has displayed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For little country folks that didn't know anything, I'm telling you, he'll do it for anybody that's willing to step out and trust him. You'll come from nothing to overflow. Hallelujah. And you can do it quickly too. Stand on your feet, everybody.